You're listening to episode number 27 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Thank you for tuning in to today's show, my friend. If you are a returning listener, welcome back to the party. If you are new and this happens to be the first time you're listening, we are so excited you're here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're digging what you're hearing so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. Now, today's show is a Q&A treat for you. Lindsay and I pulled our Heart and Hustle Facebook community group for questions, and we picked some that we haven't talked about yet and are excited to answer. Questions like, what's it like being business partners and best friends? How to navigate college and wanting to be an entrepreneur? Should I do college? Should I not? All that goodness. And consistency tips for posting on Instagram. Oh, it is a good episode. So don't go anywhere, my friend. Let's get to the goods. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm so excited for today. Did anybody just get done like breaking it down to our theme song? Because I did. It's like groovy. I don't <laughs> so know. So good. Anyways, anytime anybody tags us on Instagram dancing to our theme song, it makes me so happy because it's we like strategically a- picked that song to be dancey because we're dancers. And when I say we're dancers, I don't mean professional like at all. She doesn't mean we have skill. She means we have passion. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good way to frame it. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Today we are just doing some Q&As and it's a little bit the questions aren't really focused on a certain topic, but sometimes that's the most fun. So mm-hmm. you heard in the intro what the topics are. So let's just get to it. Okay. So Jesse asks, what's it like working with a close friend in business? How do you figure out who does what, et cetera? This is a great question. And honestly, we could, we probably should do a whole entire episode on like business partners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but short version is it's the best thing in the world. It's literally like a long sleepover at times. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's the best thing, especially when you are kind of like the same person, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but actually, I feel like also sometimes being the same person can make it hard. Yeah. We'll get into that. But I would say the first thing is that communication is vital. You have to be honest. You can't be afraid of tough conversations. And if something comes up, we go to God first and then we immediately approach the other person because it's it's so necessary as business partners and friends, but but especially business partners, to not let feelings or or unmet expectations or anything that's negative lie under the surface and fester because mm-hmm. that's just going to hurt in the long run. And so we we have to force ourselves to be uncomfortable if, if something uncomfortable has to happen or whatever and just like be upfront, be completely honest. And I think that's really healthy for a business partner or a friendship, but then wouldn't you have both of them yeah. <laughs> together? 
I mean, I think honestly, this might be like dramatic, but I really feel like in a lot of ways, it's almost like a freaking marriage. Like it, it really is a big deal. I probably talked to you more than Andrew. Like, yeah, <laughs> literally. and it's, it's literally like your lives are so intertwined, at least Lindsay's and mine. I know every business partnership like looks different and has different levels of like communication and, and, you know, whatever. But Lindsay and I literally live like day to day life together. And I think in some ways that's actually hard because it's almost like we, we, we've had to intentionally communicate and work to maintain our friendship outside of the business partnership because we do talk so, so, so much and it's great, but it's always like, Hey, we need to talk about this marketing strategy. Hey, this launch is coming up. Hey, this due date is here. Hey, I have this collab question. Hey, we need to focus on this. Hey, what are you doing here? Hey, let's hop on a podcast. Um, and while that's amazing and it's so, so fun to do that with your best friend, I think it's also been something that we've been realizing as our business has grown, as our company has grown, we have to be very intentional with also fostering our relationship outside of work because we, mm-hmm. we just, we do so much together and it's very easy to kind of go on autopilot. And I feel like this is like literally the same thing as a marriage, which is why I like relate it to that. We make huge life decisions together. And at least in Lindsay's and my situation, we are stuck together basically for life now. Like we know it and yeah. we're in it. We love it. Um, I have a really good example. Yeah, go for it. We have a future event coming up and we, when planning the date for it, literally I was like, oh, well, me and Andrew might want to get pregnant. And, but like that, like that shouldn't necessarily be like Evie, Evie has input into my pregnancy of the future, <laughs> but, but, but it I almost, almost does do. it's like, it's like, we have to plan future things and it's like, okay, but how is that orchestrating with my life? And then yeah. like, it's just, that's a really great example. I just wanted to interthrow that in there. <laughs> no, it's it's so true. I mean, I think we make a lot of big life decisions together because the company of the Heart University is such a big deal in our lives and it takes so much of our time and energy and, and we have a vision for it that goes for years. I don't think we've ever told anybody that, but we have so many future plans and things together that we treat this very seriously. Not only, yeah. you know, our business partnership, but also our friendship. And it's the best thing in the world, but it's also kind of scary because it, it, in Lindsay's and my situation, I know not every situation is the same, but it really does feel like a lifelong commitment and partnership where you have to put in the work to make it work. So those are just some thoughts. (laughs) Well, and kind of going along with that, we did not do this, but it was 1000% an act of God and just the Holy spirit. But when we first Like we did not come together as business partners originally with a contract. And we were like, we didn't have a handshake of like, okay, let's do business together. Like there was never that situation. It was just like, hey, let's do a workshop. And then bam, here we are. Which is where it, yeah. Three years later, whatever. (laughs) Right. It started with a workshop and then it grew so much more. But I would say the reason we even wanted to do a workshop together originally is because we had the same vision for one, our photography business, but then our lives. Like we have the same worldview. We both want to live our lives for the glory of God. We have a biblical worldview. And I think that as a foundation with a business partner is vital. Like you need to be on the exact same page from like, not even like, I, I don't, not that you have to agree on every single thing, but like fundamental issues, I feel like, it's very convenient if you believe the same, because if you don't, there's so many navigations of, of the inner workings of business that you could, you could butt up a heads a lot. If you, if your lives are just like on two completely different, like 
frameworks. So that's what I would suggest for anybody that's wanting to get into business with a business partner is make sure that you know where that person's wanting to go and wanting to go in life. And then just making sure, honestly, you have the same worldview, you believe the same, you have a vision for your company. That's the same. Um, and again, we didn't have those conversations when we started a workshop that was a photography workshop, but as we've grown, we've had to navigate and like have a legal contract of like, who's owning the business. What happens if one of us dies, like having those hard, hard conversations, we -hmm. had to figure that out. And eventually like have a contract and a legal agreement that like starts, you know, like that makes that foundation good. Um, and is, gives us freedom to have that friendship. And so that everything isn't business and like everything, cause everything's in a contract and it's awesome. Yeah. Like it's great. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think this sounds like probably repetitive, but like Lindsay was saying of like your values, your goals, your worldview, like all of those need to be the same for you to succeed together long-term. It's literally, it's literally like a marriage, like, and your, your business is your baby. Like you have to both be willing to put in whatever effort you have to be on the same page about certain, like, what's your disciplinary, like methods, what are, you know, what do you want to teach your kid? You know, like just whatever. Like, I feel like it's, that's what it feels like a lot of times is, and when you're on the same page with like your values and sure, we might have like disagreements on maybe we should try this way. No, I think we should try this way. That's normal. That's fine. And I think that's healthy because you have two different people with independent thinking who have thoughts and opinions and that's great and healthy, but our values and our core are the same. And I think that's so vital to have in place when you're looking to go into business with somebody else, because it can get rocky. Trust me. I don't even feel like Lindsay and I have hit probably anything that's probably going to come our way just in what we have planned. But We've hit some some hurdles as a team where it's been such a blessing that we have the same foundational values and worldview and we're able to approach the conversation together on the same page for the most part. So I just that's the only encouragement I would say is make sure those values are in the same place before you commit to somebody long-term and then just communicate the heck out of that friendship and that relationship. And don't be afraid of those hard conversations, no matter how uncomfortable they are, they are so healthy and so helpful and so important to have. Yeah. And then I guess the second part of that question was how do we figure out who does what? Yeah. Um, And what we try to do is split responsibilities based on the natural skill and or passions that both of us have, which we have a lot of overlapping skills and passions. Um, but for example, Evie loves law and legal jargon, and I would rather jump off a cliff than read a contract. (laughs) Um, and I know you like considered becoming a lawyer for a bit in high school, didn't you? Yeah. I went through like a good bit of like uh, some law school training as like basically like AP classes and stuff, like took a, like a mini bar exam. Like I, I love law. So yeah. Yeah. And again, I would rather jump off a cliff. So so therefore, Evie handles a lot of the legal stuff with our lawyers with like copyright and just like contracts and things like that. Obviously, like if we both have to sign something, then I'll read it fine. But um, (laughs) I handle a lot of the the legal and financial side because I really enjoy those like meaty, heady, like high, like obnoxiously annoying jargon, like (laughs) contracts and like questions. I just enjoy it for whatever reason. I'm weird. Um, but yeah, Lindsay doesn't love it as much. So I took that responsibility. Whereas Lindsay is really, really good at managing like a lot of the nitty gritty 
day-to-day marketing operations that can honestly sometimes either overwhelm me or just bore me, um, like point blank. So, you know, for example, managing the Hearts Instagram account every day and approving, you know, certain graphics or creating those graphics or whatever, I just can easily get frustrated by like repetitive operations tasks. I would rather not like have to deal with those day in and day out. Whereas I feel like Lindsay, you handle those a lot better. So we handed those off to you. In a future life, not a future life, in a past life. Not that I believe in past lives, but if I did, um, <laughs> I I think I was a graphic designer. I like, I can't graphic design myself, but I I nerd out. Like yeah. I love it. I love it. And I remember when we were making the Hearts website, we were yeah. both giving... Sarah, our web designer, was like things, but then like everything that I said, you were like, I also agree with, like, can you just do it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love, I love graphic design, but I don't like doing it. Like I just, it just annoys me when I have to like consistently approve graphics or something. I'm just like, no, I, I like doing it as like in my own company and, or like on rare occasions or like for fun, like messing with my iPad and like creating something. Whereas I feel like you just love it like nonstop. So I just, it's a form of art, yeah. but I also just like marketing and like doing the Instagram stuff. Like, yeah. So that's kind of how we, we break it down um, yeah. separately. Another way to approach it is kind of what, you know, Lindsay said, we do have a lot of overlapping like skills and passions for the same areas. And in those situations, we honestly just talk it through and split it up. So we try to divide it equally and we are consistently learning. I feel like this, we, we have not reached any sort of destination on this one, but we are constantly learning that we should not both be doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. It's just such a a waste of manpower or woman power, whatever. Um, We could be getting twice as much done if we just split up and like divide and conquer. So unless we need to be doing something together, like, you know, certain admin or executive like meetings or anything like team meetings or whatnot, we try to divide and conquer as much as possible. So a good example of that is for this podcast. Evie is the one because we don't need to be doing the exact same things all together because then that's annoying and nothing, it takes twice as long to get things done. So for example, Evie is the one that approves or denies like either guest nomination or reaches out to guests. You tweak like the emails that get sent out to guests that we want on the show. And then I am in charge of the questions for any and all guests. So I am the one that like once a guest is scheduled, I go in and like kind of with our podcast manager research, like what questions to ask and things like that. So that's like just a practical example of how we split up those roles just even in this podcast. Yeah. Like either one of us would be happy and could easily do any of those tasks, but we just divided them and we're like, okay, great. We're equal here. Like, or we, you know, we both love all of this. So you do this, you do this. And Carrie, our podcast manager does all of this. (laughs) Yeah. I think those are just some thoughts. I don't know if that's helpful. Lindsay and I have it. I think we've talked about and have it on our list to do an entire podcast episode on working together. So honestly, we're already like 13 minutes in. So (laughs) I feel like that could have been it. (laughs) I love it. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. 
guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Hey, Heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Okay, Emily asks the second question, which is a really good one. She says, advice on what to do career-wise. I'm in the middle of graduate school for speech language pathology. It's intense and it's so not near as fun as photography. I'm getting better and more busy with photography, and I keep asking myself, why am I in graduate school? But my family would freak out if I quit. Plus, I've already paid for it. Ha ha. Sorry, I'm reading. (laughs) She said ha ha. Anyways, um, I would obviously prefer to do a creative job on my own schedule, i.e. photography, but I've been told that I need a backup just in case I can't make money in photography. I find myself writing papers in the same language I use on Instagram and getting lower grades than I wanted and other funny things like that that result from taking on two opposite types of careers. Any advice? That's so funny. It's not funny, but it's funny that she's writing papers in like her language of like how you would write on Instagram, which we always recommend write like how you speak. Girl, (laughs) in college, maybe don't write like how you speak. I love it. Oh man. Okay. Well, this is such a good question. There's a lot that we could say about this, but I think before we get into this, we just kind of want it to be said that that college can be really great. And college is an incredible life experience and a lot of jobs require it. So, you know, duh, it's kind of necessary in a lot of ways. But with that also being said, I think entrepreneurship gets kind of sticky with that because 
starting your own business, you don't technically need a degree. Um, you don't have a boss hiring you or not hiring you. And I personally think this is just, this is just my opinion. Um, no one come at me if you disagree with this. I think college in today's day and age, in today's society, is not the same value that it was 20, 30, 50 years ago. Um, I really yeah. think it's it's changed a lot, especially with a lot of the self-employed entrepreneur uh, movement. And the internet. Yeah. And a lot of like the internet. I think not to say that college is not valuable, but I do not think it holds the same value that it used to. And so my personal opinion from a very biased perspective of a girl who did not go to college whatsoever, I think if you do not have a specific career that you really truly believe you like without a doubt you want to go for that requires necessary a college degree, my encouragement would be do not pursue college as your first choice after high school. Um, I think it can create a lot of student debt and you may walk out. I know a lot of students these days are walking out with a lot of uncertainty even after college of what they want to do with their life. And now they just have a pile of student debt on their back. So those yeah. are just my thoughts. It's not to say that I look down upon college whatsoever. I just have opinions on the society societal norm that college is the automatic next step after high school, which I kind of disagree with. But Lindsay, do you have thoughts on that? I have thoughts from almost the opposite perspective because I did go to college. I got two degrees and a yeah. minor. Um, and I will say I I loved college for the social aspect. I met my husband in college. I loved doing theater in college. I loved the social aspects. And even, I mean, I majored in theater and film. So even my classes were things that I actually genuinely enjoyed doing. However, everything that I'm doing now, you could argue my minor was in a business as a business minor, but you could argue I did that like in, oh, how full circle because I'm in business now. But like, I don't remember a dang thing I learned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say everything that I learned that I'm actively doing now, I took like from online courses and or coaching or workshops or mentorships after college. Yeah. And so I, I almost think that self-education is kind of almost slowly becoming more of the norm, like yeah. online courses and things like that, because it... I don't know. It's, it is different though. Cause it's not obviously accredited if you're just taking an online course, but I will say, I, I think again, I'm not downing on college at all because I think there's absolutely a time and a place for it, but kind of similar to Evie. I'm not, I feel like if I would have just skipped college, not for the social aspect, cause again, I love the social aspect and I'm very thankful I had that. But if I would have just took, had the, had this foresight, I guess, to take all the education that I started doing after I graduated college, like the online courses and Instagram courses and photography courses and things like that. If I would have just taken that straight out of high school, I probably could have started my business so much sooner. And yeah. like, who knows where I would have been now? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that college was a waste of time because it's not. Again, it's not. I don't want to rag on college. But I think, I don't know, Evie, what you said is is valid. And I think to, it, it is so different than it was. And even like thinking for my own daughter, Eloise, like, when we're preparing for her future, I know oftentimes people call it like a college fund. We're not necessarily calling it that because we don't want to pigeonhole her into forcing her to go to college if that's not her yeah. career path. And especially like as a family, we're going to be a family of entrepreneurs. And so she's probably going to grow up in that environment. Yeah. And if she wants to go be a doctor, app, like amazing, go off and, and go to college and you can use this, this fund that we're creating for you to help with that. But 
we're not pigeonholing. If she wants to use it for her wedding or if she wants to use it for a home, the down payment on a home, like we're not going to pigeonhole her into forcing her to use it for college. And I think that's just from coming from the mindset of it doesn't have to be the the way that it used to be where it was like you had to go to college immediately after high school. And I think before, like when I was graduating high school, if you didn't go to college, you were like going to work at McDonald's. Like it, yeah, it felt like that were, was the mindset. Yeah. You were like an outcast of like, you weren't right. going to make you it in doing, life. You were lazy. Right. What were you doing? Yeah. Right. Although I will say to actually kind of get back to the question of what, <laughs> um, to what Emily asked, because she obviously said her family would freak out if she quit. And I, I do want to say, we're not saying like go against your family's wishes, especially if you're halfway through and you've already paid for it. I don't want, I want you'd like to take it this into practical example. Like if your family would disown you because you quit, maybe like take their opinion. Like, and like, don't, <laughs> maybe don't like, quit. Like, yeah, maybe I, cause I don't want you to listen to this and be like, oh, okay, up and quit. But like, if you're already paid, if you're already halfway through and you're already, and you know that your family like that really values cause, that. Yeah. They would, they would value it and it really would cause a lot of dissension and just a dis a divide, I guess. Then take that into heavy consideration if you're going to continue or not. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to say is I know you said it's like uh, speech language pathology isn't near as fun as photography. And I would, I would encourage you to not just quit something just because something else seems more fun or just because yeah. something's hard in the moment. Um, Cause I will say owning your own business is very hard. And though photography, yeah. like the photography side of something is very creative and fun. I will say in my experience, like owning a photography business, I feel like the actual act of photography is 5% of the business. And 95% is like the back end work. That's, that's really hard and nitty gritty. And yeah. you grow to love it or you already do love it. But I will say, I would just encourage you not to quit something just because it's quote unquote hard because something else is more fun. Yeah. I also, I think I want to throw in there and on top of literally everything that you just said, Linz, um, my encouragement to you, Emily would be First and foremost, just ask the Lord what he would have for you. And I know that that gets like into my faith, like, but that's my like knee jerk reaction that I want to encourage you with. Just ask the Lord because he does have a plan and he does have insight and wisdom for you here in this situation. And he has peace for you on what to do. And he has strength for you to either quit college or stay in college. Like he's got your back. Um, so that's my like number one recommendation is to really just pursue the Lord in his heart and ask him what he has for you. He will show you. Um, and then whatever you decide to do, whether you stay or whether you stop, I mean, girl, just go for it. Like do it with everything that you have. I think that's the other thing that I think is really, really important as human beings, but especially as entrepreneurial minded people whatever is in front of you, you have to give it 100% of you. Um, and that will make such a difference in in your life and in, you know, the outcome. Um, you know, half-assing something, pardon the French, but, you know, giving something just half of you typically doesn't work out too well. So just some thoughts. If you're going to stay in school, give it all you got. If you're going to drop out, give your business all you've got. Um, but I believe in you. You are going to crush this. And hopefully you figure out something that makes everyone in this scenario happy. Mm, snaps for that answer. <laughs> All right. The next and final question is from 
Emma. Emma asked, how do you be consistent? Well, she technically said how to be consistent. I just butchered the grammar, but it's fine. How to be consistent <laughs> on Instagram, posting stories, et cetera, without being on Instagram for too long. So Linz, do you want to take us away? Yes, I have many thoughts as as I know you have many thoughts on this. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think it's hard because everything about Instagram or just social media in general and the algorithm is about engagement and, and, and being online all the time. And that can get hard when you're also trying to live a freaking life and have work-life balance. So I feel you on this question, Emma. My advice, just we're going to throw a bunch of tips at you. But my advice would be one, to start batch writing your captions and planning your feed out in advance. We use the app Unum, U-N-U-M, but I know there's there's like a billion out there. You just pick one. Um, And if you batch write your captions in advance, for me, that helps a lot because then every single day, I'm not spending like a long time trying to come up with a caption and trying to write a caption on the fly in the moment and then spending another hour or however long trying to engage. So my first recommendation would be to batch write your captions, like just pick a day out of your week, out of your work week. Maybe it's Mondays. And on Mondays, like one of your tasks for the day is to batch write seven captions or five captions or whatever. Um, So that would be my first recommendation. Second recommendation would be Every single day of your workday, plan 30 minutes or, or more. You could choose, honestly, however long you want to, but plan at least maybe 20 to 30 minutes of time to just strictly be on the app of Instagram and engage. So then for me, if I'm batch writing my captions in advance, when I hit that, when I get to that point of my day, that's my Instagram time block, I guess you could say, I post the caption that's already been written. So I'm not taking any time writing it and I post it and then spend the rest of those 30 minutes engaging with people. And so what that means is just like responding to comments, responding to DMs or DMing people to start off the conversation. Um, You know, you want to give engagement that you want to receive. And so just being active on the app, using those engagement tools, that's where I spend my 30 minutes or even you could story during that time too. Um, And Evie can get into more tips for that. But that's what my recommendation to just kind of first start off and having that time block. So that way you're scheduling it. You're you're, that way you're not feeling like you have to be on the app all day, every day, engaging all day, every day in between dinner and in between meetings and emails. Like you always have to be going back to your app. I don't think that needs to be the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For stories, um, a good rule of thumb for consistency is to never let your stories run out. So to always have at least one slide up um, within a 24 hour period, a great thing that Lindsay and I do to kind of keep ourselves focused and not be on Instagram too long or spending too much time on the app, I would say 90% of the time she and I story throughout the day and then save them to our phone or just use our regular like phone camera or whatever um, to take photos and videos throughout the day and then upload them when we're actually on the app actively. So if I'm, you know, visiting my family, like I just visited my family back in Ohio or whatever. I typically story throughout the day of my niece being cute or a bike ride with my siblings or whatever. And I just take a quick video, put my phone away. And then that night when I'm like right before bed or something, I'll like post a bunch. And that's just a way to stay present and engaged and focused on where you are in that moment, whether that you're working on a task or whatever, that just keeps you off the app and like not constantly like posting and pulling stuff up. But I will say though, for the algorithm, just keep in mind, it's typically really good to post morning, afternoon, and evening. So at least three times a day, like the more throughout the day you can post, the better it is for your algorithm. So just keeping that in mind, I typically post much more real time 
almost always real time on like work days. And I just do it on like one of my, you know, 15, 20 minute breaks between tasks. So something else to keep in mind that can be really helpful to kind of take back your time and take control of your time on social media is to put activity monitors on your social media apps so that you can be only be on it for, you know, so many hours per day. That's just a great way to, to kind of track how much time you're spending and, and make sure you're regulating that time and not just wasting hours on the app. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I guess kind of with that, with kind of creating that work-life balance, especially with Instagram or social media or with your phone is put some heavy boundaries in addition to the activity monitor, but put some heavy boundaries on your phone as far as like just touching your phone. Right. So what that means is don't go on your phone first thing in the morning, right. When you wake up, like, I know this might be controversial, but get an old fashioned alarm clock that you can slap like in the nineties movies (laughs) when a teenager wakes up from whatever, like get an old fashioned alarm clock. I mean, it can be a digital one. It doesn't have to be whatever. Anyways. Um, (laughs) but put your phone out in the kitchen or on a different level of your house. Make sure it's not the first thing that you're seeing when you first wake up. And then even more so than that, I try to treat my phone like it's a tool for work, which I know it it gets complicated because it's obviously you text friends and like it's you use it for lifestyle also. Like, so I get that, but just as much as possible, treating it like it's a tool for work. So getting up, having your quiet time, going about your breakfast, workout, like whatever you do in the morning, your whole routine, like don't touch your phone if you can avoid it, right? Or don't go on an app if you can avoid it. Have that entire time of your morning spent just with your morning and with you and whatever. Um, and then get on your phone when it's time for work. And even more so with Instagram, I would recommend doing something in your work that is producing something versus like the first thing that you do for work is consuming. I would not do that. I would try to create something. So whether that's creating a blog post, taking a photo or doing something, I don't know what obviously each of your guys's, um, jobs are, but just creating something, sending that email or doing something before you start consuming is a great idea. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing that goes in the nighttime, just with the morning, I try to shut off my phone, not shut it off, but like stop Instagram specifically. Cause I know this was an Instagram question at 5 PM. So Mm -hmm. what that means is like being very strategic to view my phone and especially view social media as work. Because if yeah. I'm viewing social media as just entertainment, then it, the line becomes so blurry and you could be on scrolling on your phone day after day and like it, it just can get monotonous. And then that's when you fall into the trap of like scrolling in bed at 8 p.m. And it's like, no, if you treat it like it's a tool for work and you put it in a room, maybe it's your office and you don't go into it again and you just have family time. I think that's another, obviously you can make that boundary as, as harsh or as lax as you want, but mm-hmm. just get the principle of, not being on your phone in bed, not being on it first thing in the morning. Obviously, that's going to help as well. It also helps with sleep and productivity. So I have a lot of thoughts on that. But yeah, yes, and amen. <laughs> yes. And then the one final thing we'll say is even when you're trying to be consistent on Instagram and posting and storying and all that stuff, don't be afraid to take breaks, to take weekends off. Your business won't die. Um your life will probably be better, especially if you have a family or kids or a husband or, you know, something where you're trying to also nurture or give a lot of time and energy to other things or other people in your life. Don't feel in a demand from Instagram that if you don't post a story, oh my goodness, on a Sunday, your business is going to completely crash and burn. Like feel free to give yourself breaks and don't be afraid to set those boundaries, whatever works best for you. Consistency is key, not necessarily 
the most content in the world. And I think that's necessary for us to realize is uh, quality over quantity is sometimes the best route that you can take. And consistency over quantity is also really good. So if you only Mm, post, you know, three, four times a week, that's fantastic. Post those same three or four times each week. And then don't be afraid to take the weekends off, but just be consistent as much as you can with showing up consistently. That doesn't have to be all day, every day, but at least showing up, you know, five days a week or, you know, six days a week or every other day, whatever that looks like, just be consistent with that time. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, that's all we have for today's Q&A episode. Those were three questions, but they were pretty meaty. So I would say that that was a good Q&A episode. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. Um, If you did, please screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram during your 30-minute time block that you've you've now set up. Yeah, that you've now set up. Um, Screenshot, tag us. We love seeing it. We love sharing it on the Hearts Instagram, which is at the Heart University. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check Evie out at or on Instagram at Evie Rupp and me at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. We love interacting with you guys. If you guys have questions or just comments on the show, please hop into our DMs. We love answering our DMs and talking with you guys. It is one of our favorite parts of our job. Um, And it just means the world to us to talk to you, hear your feedback. Um, And I guess with feedback, if you want to take two minutes to pause this episode and leave a review, that would be super cool of you to do. Um, It helps us just more than you know. It helps us get really great guests on the show and also... I don't know, getting seen more and being able to continually provide free content for you guys. So if you're loving this episode, if you're loving these free episodes and just free content, I guess, um, a really good analogy would be like if you go to a museum and you, you know, you go to, into a free museum, usually they ask for like a paid uh, donation. That's kind of the same thing, right? You just you a paid donation of a two minute review. You just write it and then you get free episode. Not saying that you have to, just like a museum says that you don't have to give the donation. It's just suggested. So it's just my suggestion (laughs) to you to go leave a review. All right, I'm done. That's it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, go kick some butt this week. Lindsay and I are cheering you on and we will see you on the next episode.